woman, overly mournful with man-loving longing, having sent away her furious, spear-armed consort, is left yoked alone. And so that's Persians, and that's that's coming out this week. This Uh, week it should be on Amazon, yes. Persians by Mark Will, if we just look for that. Is it any particular publisher? The publisher is my own independent imprint, Cadmus and Harmony Media. But yeah, just look for Persians, Aeschylus, Mark Will. And it'll also be available probably by next month uh, here locally. I'm printing it locally as well, so... Yeah. This is Radio Taiwan International. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Taiwan's top research institute, Academia Sinica, feels like a world of its own. Its campus in Taipei is removed from the noise of the main drag and largely self-contained. This seclusion is what gives the museums on campus their special feel. There are real treasures to see, and if you make the effort to come at certain times, you may well have them all to yourself. The Museum of the Institute of Ethnology feels especially like a well-kept secret. There, on the three days a week it opens, you can get a great introduction to the peoples of Taiwan and a look at aspects of their culture tourists rarely see. The collection of more than 8,000 pieces includes large numbers of objects made by Taiwan's indigenous peoples and a range of items used in ethnic Chinese religion. It's a bit like Taiwan in miniature, and you can take it all in at your own pace, away from the crowds other museums attract. Today, we're taking a tour of the museum, looking at traditional beliefs and ways of life, and the objects that are closely tied with both. First, though, a look at the story of ethnology at Academia Sinica, told in a special display near the entrance. As its Latin name suggests, the Academy was originally a mainland Chinese research institute. At the time of its founding in 1928, Taiwan was under Japanese rule and not in the picture. Largely, the Academy's first ethnographers were instead interested in the minority groups of China's south and on the border with Southeast Asia. From 1929 to 1946, they launched 10 expeditions to study these peoples. Some of the thousands of artifacts and photos these surveyors brought back are on display as an acknowledgement of where today's Academy has come from. By the time of the last expedition, World War II had ended, and Taiwan had changed hands, given from Japan to the Republic of China. A few years after that, Chinese communists had pushed the government into retreat, leaving only Taiwan and some other islands left under its control. Academia Sinica was among the old institutions that joined the government in its exile. In their new home, though, ethnographers found new work that they could do. In 1955, the Institute of Ethnology that's behind today's museum began to take shape. That same year, the Institute's first head, Dr. Lin Chun-sheng, headed off to Taiwan's far south, to a village of the Paiwan people. What's now the Taiwan-centered part of the museum's collection started with objects brought back from this expedition. 
In a corner by the entrance to the museum, there's also a memorial to this first director, Dr. Lin, covering his work on both sides of the Taiwan Strait. For academy ethnographers during the early days in Taiwan, a lot of focus was on Taiwan's indigenous peoples. Today, the government recognizes 16 of these indigenous groups, though there are several more that don't have recognition. The museum's introduction to indigenous Taiwan focuses on nine official groups, with a brief look at the unrecognized groups as well. Inside each display is a selection of items once used in that group's everyday life. But it all amounts to more than just a random collection of stuff. Each display has one or two central themes. The atayal from the northern mountains are largely introduced through special clothing they make using seashell beads. The Paiwan of the far south are marked out by their traditional treasures. Heirloom beads, clay pots, and bronze knife handles. In both the displays on the Paiwan and on their Rukai neighbors, there's also talk about the system of commoners and aristocrats both groups have. The Saishat of the northwest are introduced through clothing and objects associated with their best-known festival, the Pasta Ai, and the Bunun of the central mountains through their traditional lifestyle of hunting and millet farming. The bright red clothing of the Zhou people is displayed, and the taboo spaces in Zhou villages are discussed. Because the Amis people are widely spread down the east coast, one theme in its display are regional variations in culture. But Amis society is also described, with its matrilineal structure and its practice of dividing young men into bands called age groups based on when they were born. The display on the Puyuma of the southeast looks at the stages of life, from the initiation of young people into adulthood to the wisdom of the elders. Out in the Pacific, off Taiwan's east coast, is Orchid Island and its Dao people. Dao food preparation is the focus here, as are taboos that prevent women from eating certain types of fish or eating with certain utensils. As we've seen, the unrecognized groups are not forgotten. Here, two groups serve to represent the dozen or so others. The Daokat of the Northwest Plains are introduced through an 18th-century land contract signed with ethnic Chinese neighbors. Written on red paper, it stands out far more than your average contract, and it tells part of the story of how ethnic Chinese people moved into Daokat lands. The Siraya in the Southwest, meanwhile, are represented by a shrine in which traditional elements are mixed with Chinese influences. Pride of place in this exhibit is given to two objects that were declared national treasures in 2012. Both are richly decorated house posts. One, from the home of a chiefly Paiwan family, is richly carved with an ancestral figure. The other is a set of Amis house posts taken from an ancestral hall and decorated with both figures and shapes. Many of the Academy's anthropologists were and still are ethnic Chinese, but ethnic Chinese people in Taiwan took a while to become a real focus of research. That started to change around the 1960s. In ethnic Chinese studies, religious beliefs have been an especially good field for research. They're rich, and it's said that around 80% of Taiwan's population holds these beliefs in some form. The museum's collection of over 2,000 items related to these beliefs includes beautifully crafted statues of the gods, protective amulets, and the implements used by Taoist priests and spirit mediums. The traditional ethnic Chinese religious view of the world accepts the existence of gods, many of them humans rewarded for their virtue during life. 
Though most aren't quite exemplary enough to become gods, many are still remembered after death as ancestors, revered in families. Those who are forgotten after passing on, though, become wandering ghosts, and those who die before their time go beyond this world to another place called the Walled City of the Wrongfully Departed. The wicked, meanwhile, have hell to look forward to. Whether gods or ghosts, all otherworldly beings need sustenance just like us, though in the form of incense and offerings. The exhibit looks at offerings and the function and composition of incense. Pilgrimages, religious processions, and other ceremonies are introduced, as are the various kinds of priests and specialists who oversee ceremonies. There are also the spirit mediums who deliver the possessed and serve as a bridge between humans and the departed. Two of the biggest takeaways from this exhibit, though, are that ethnic Chinese folk religion is accommodating, and that it never stays quite still. A little while ago, we met the indigenous Siraya people, and saw how Chinese influences have crept into their religion. Well, it turns out the opposite is also true. Some ethnic Chinese near Siraya lands have picked up a few Siraya practices. In this display, jars that are important in the Siraya religion are incorporated into an ethnic Chinese shrine. At the end of the exhibit is an introduction to the range of new religions that have been founded in Taiwan in recent decades. Some new movements have taken root in Taiwan, especially since the 1980s, when the rigid era of martial law came to an end. Each has some basis in older beliefs and traditions, but is a response to new times. As Taiwan changes, so to a degree do old beliefs and ways. There are incense burners, there's a full-size altar, and there's a mannequin wearing brightly embroidered priestly garb. There are examples of paper offerings for the departed printed with clothing and toiletries, a substitute for burning the real things. On the rather gruesome side, there are examples of the implements mediums use for self-flagellation during frenzied rites. And on the rather more pleasant side, there's a corner where you can press buttons and enjoy the scents of different incense. All of this is waiting, alongside indigenous clothes, tools, and other artifacts, for those who know where to find them, in the side wing of one building on the campus of Academia Sinica. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei, the people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Live from the studio. A sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes at RTI. Hello and welcome back to Live from the Studio. I'm Jake Chen. Today, we'll continue our conversation with Shirley Lin, my colleague here at RTI and the host of In the Spotlight. In the past two weeks, Shirley has sat down with us to talk about why she hosts the show and some of the interesting personalities and amazing stories that she has heard along the way. 
Wow, from teaching English to to having their own restaurant—that's that's really. Oh, there's there's amazing story in between, but I'm not going to go into that. Just you know, yeah, listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,、um, and since you have so many guests who who just gushed about Taiwan and how they like, like I previously said, there is a huge variety among Shirley's interviewees in terms of their careers, nationalities, as well as ethnic and cultural background. And the one element they all share is that they live in Taiwan. So naturally, I'm curious as to what have drawn people from different countries, as well as Taiwanese expatriates, to come to live on this island. As we all know, it is one thing to get interested in a remote, exotic island and travel there for a few days, but it is an entirely different level of commitment to halt one's career, uproot one's family to resettle to a new place. So, just what is it about Taiwan that makes people want to live here long term? I think this is becoming、um, a cliche. Probably, is the hospitality of the Taiwanese people. So, I mean, that's just it, and the convenience of Taiwan, and、um, how it's very safe here in Taiwan, and、um, yeah, they just loved it, and the food. You know, I mean, yeah. One interesting thing that Shirley has found over time of her interviews. Is that some of the foreigners have lived here for so long, and explored so much of Taiwan's urban as well as rural landscape that they often surprise her, a Taiwanese native, with interesting facts and findings about the island that she herself doesn't know. Oh, too, too, too much that I don't know about Taiwan. Too much, too much because I just don't travel enough. And I think the foreigners that we have here, who has made, who have made this their home. They they go travel around. They know a lot more places that I don't, and I'm really embarrassed. But、um, they really get around, and they really know their places, and they know all the not necessarily the common tourist spot,、uh, tourist spots, but it's all these other places that they discover that are great about Taiwan. You know, the way they love the tea, the Taiwanese tea, and、um, the food, and then the people, and all the greenery. That they find here in Taiwan,、hmm. um, some of the people,、um, you know, they、um, they miss, you know, maybe they used to live in the suburbs or in the countryside in in back home, and、um, they 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 they're glad that they're that it's easy access to the kind of you know country like feel that they can get here if it's just. By just you know taking、uh, the train or some kind of tr- public transportation, and within an hour they're by the sea, or within an hour they're up in the mountains, you know. So that's what they like about Taiwan is the convenience to getting all these places if they get tired of the city life, you know, and、um, which is even interesting. I mean, there are people、yeah. who used to live in the country and then moved to the city, or who used to live in the city and they find Taiwan's、um, the, the metropolitan.、Um, Uh, life here in Taiwan comparable to back home, or and and then offering more, you know. So、um, yeah, things like that.、Uh, yeah, they know so much, and like even、um, the history of Taiwan. <laughs> they seem to. May, I mean, originally they might not know this place, and you know they've never heard of Taiwan,、mm. or even like sometimes they get confused between Taiwan and Thailand. Mo- no, it's mostly their family members back home. They say, "Where are you in Thailand?" No, Taiwan, mom. And I said, "Oh, what's what's that? Is that Thailand?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> but,、um, but then 
you know, then they get to learn about Taiwan once they got here. Although it was foreign to them at first, but then they learn so much about Taiwan that they seem to know better than I do. You know, maybe not so much. I mean, they know the complication of the history and you know and its relation to China and other kind of stuff. But、um, they get they get the yeah they get the idea. That's it for this week's live from the studio. Please make sure to tune in next week to peek behind the curtain of In the Spotlight. I'm Jake Chan. Talk to you next week. Together already, it's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast, and this is Ellen Chu, and this is Andrew Ryan. Happy Thanksgiving, Ellen. Happy Thanksgiving. Full disclosure: We are actually recording this on Thanksgiving Day, so、uh-huh. that was on Thursday. Yes. This is airing on Saturday. Yes, and actually, it's just a few days after, right? That's right. Everybody needs to remember how fortunate we are. That's right. To celebrate, to be appreciative of what we have. You're、mm-hmm. feeling appreciative of, like, I don't know, some special person in your life that's sitting next to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I really feel appreciative for all these years that I'm able to, you know, be sharing my thoughts、mm-hmm. without any、your、distraction、wisdom. and my wisdom. You know, getting across the continent. It's all because. Because of the person next to me,、oh, right here, wearing、Ellen. glasses. Oh, very nice.、Mm-hmm. Thanks for pointing that out. Okay. With the with the very minimalistic haircut. <laughs> you want to point that out too? Yes, minimalist. <laughs> okay, that's the key word. Oh, Ellen. Yes. To be honest, it is such a joy to have you in here every week. Yes. To brighten up my life. Yes. And like you know, we we should、fresh. play the song. You <laughs> light up my life. You, you give me hope, hope to carry on. Okay, I think that's enough. <laughs> my day. Who sings that? Debbie. No, no, no. You can do this. It's um. You、What's、light up my、name? life,、um, Sheena Easton. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's Diana actually, Ross. No, it's way before those years. It's like in the seventies.、Um, so it would be Karen Carpenter. Oh, you, wait, you were right. You said Debbie. 
Debbie something. Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone, see? Well done, Ellen. Because Chew. I love this song. It was like when I was five years old. It's from 1975. Check it. Oh my goodness. As soon as I heard that song on the radio in my house, <laughs> it was like a big hit during that time in my childhood. Mm-hmm. I knew one day I would become a person <laughs> that would light up someone's life. <laughs> You knew it'd be my theme song for you. Exactly. <laughs> it's been chanting in my head. It's kind of like a mission and project. You can't find it? It's 1977. So very close. Very close. Very see? super close. It, yes. It, it just kind of like dented in my head, in my brain. <laughs> it did dent your head. It, it dented my head, okay? It's indented in there. Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, we do have so many things to be thankful for today. I have to say that. Definitely. Well, today we are going to be doing something very interesting for Thanksgiving. You can get all the fixings in Taiwan now. Mm -hmm. However, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a flash mob Thanksgiving. We're going to see how many items I can throw together from local items Mm. in like an hour, hour and a half. All right. Shall we check out what's on our menu today? Let's check it out. Let's do it. First course, we're going to discuss some of the most iconic Thanksgiving dishes, things we like to see on our table this year. Oh my goodness. Don't come up with anything too crazy, okay, Ellen? All right, try not to. In our second course, I'm going to head out on my trusty little scooter into Taipei with the challenge of finding substitutes and throwing together a feast for Ellen Chu in less than an hour. Nah, impossible. (laughs) You bake a cookie, it takes three and a half hours. (laughs) I'm not going to be baking anything today. <laughs> and our third and final course will be celebrating right here in our studio. That's right. It's going to be a, a Thanksgiving like no other. I guarantee you. Okay. I'm going right. to look forward to it. <laughs> Anticipate. I don't know if I'm looking forward to this. I'm kind of nervous, actually. Really? Yeah. Right. Yes. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. okay. I don't. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to like play it down yet. Well, I'll be thankful whatever you bring in. Oh, Ellen, that's so it's sweet. Thanksgiving. You're the I think, and you're giving. <laughs> okay. Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness, you've got that right. All yeah. right. Well, today we're going to start things off with a song called "Shishini de Lingan." Thanks okay. for your inspiration. It's by Yan Jue. All right. Does he have an English name? Y J Yan. Why? <laughs> Yes. Yes. YJ. We are very thankful for your inspiration. Thank you. Back in a moment when the feast continues.
first course. Okay, so menu items. When you think of Thanksgiving, Alanchu, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Turkey. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> Yeah, so turkey's kind of a hard thing in Taiwan. They definitely do raise turkeys in Taiwan. You know, it was like two days before Thanksgiving, one of my friend's daughter walked up to mom and said, you know, can we have turkey tonight? <laughs> and then, you know, the mom was looking at me. Oh, am I going to get turkey tonight? I said, go into the frozen dairy and ham section. Uh-huh. Get turkey salami. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Right. Why not? They have turkey salamis. Actually, if you go to a lot of these places that sell shredded um, chicken, mm -hmm. like they call it jia yi, like ji rou fan, right? Yeah. fan. Those, even if it says it's chicken, they're usually made from turkey. Really? And the reason is because the turkeys are bigger birds, mm -hmm. and so you get more meat off of them, so it's more oh, economical. Oh, I see. So even if it's chicken, it's likely to be turkey. Okay. But I think we want something roasted, right? We mm -hmm. want something that's like got a little bit of a barbecue kind of a feel to it, mm -hmm. or like an oven roasted feel to right. it. Right. Yeah? Yeah. All right, we'll work on that. What okay. about side dishes? What else do you think of? Of course, like stuffing. I love stuffings. Mm. My mom used to like, you know, put in amazing stuffing, like bread, mm. and then she would celery. put like apple, Apples. celeries. Mm. You're supposed to cut up gizzard, but I don't like gizzards, no. you know, so she do kind of like mushroom, mm. you know, and like, you know, I don't know what kind of meat. Is it like, I can't really remember, like pork? Or sausage. A lot of times they use yeah, sausage. Yeah, sausage. I mm. remember it's sausage. So this one might actually be the one impossible one because there's, unless we can get something like a staple, like a rice or like you something like that. You could put like, you know, fan. Yo fan would be a good idea. Yeah, stuff it inside and bake it. Okay. Well, I'm not baking anything, Alan Chu. <laughs> you know, ask the store to bake it for you. <laughs> That's going to take more than an hour. Okay. Bean right. casserole. We're not going to find a bean casserole here, Alan Chu. <laughs> I never had one in the past 20, 20 somewhat years, okay? But we're definitely going to look for something with um, beans. Okay. So, siji dough, we can find something, I think. Okay. Mashed potato? I think we can find something with potatoes. Mm. Some kind of potatoes. Maybe sweet potatoes. Mm. Um, cranberry sauce? This is a tough one too, Ellen Chu. I have seen cranberries at the local supermarkets, uh -huh. but they don't have them every year. So, But I think we should go for something that's like tangy and sweet and red. Pie? So, pie, pie. It has to be pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie? Yeah. It doesn't have to be pumpkin. It could be pecan pie. Any okay. kind of apple pie. We used to have all kinds of pies. But there must be pumpkin in Maybe. Thanksgiving. Oh. Okay. That might be hard, Ellen Chu. Okay. <laughs> and drink? then some kind of a drink. Maybe something sparkling. Okay. Mm. Champagne? <laughs> <laughs> all right, on it. Okay. <laughs> all right, so that's uh, some ideas for uh, our Thanksgiving feast. Now I'm really nervous. That's a lot of items. I don't know if I can do this in an hour or an hour and a half. I'm not going to sit here and wait for you for three hours, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Can I have an hour and a half if I need it? Mm-mm. Please? 
<laughs> Don't push okay. it. Right. An hour and 20 minutes. Okay, okay. Because okay, it's okay, Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. You're the best, Helen. Okay? I'm thankful for you for All being right. nice to me. Okay. When I'm See, I'm very piece. lenient. 20 minutes more today. <laughs> oh, okay. If it's normal time, I would say no. All right. So we're going to play another song. I got to run. Okay. Uh, this is by Kelly Clarkson. It's called Thankful. Thankful. I'm so thankful for this challenge. For the hour and 20 minutes extra. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Back in a moment with my search Thanksgiving flash mob. So I'm thankful. Second course. Okay, I'm just setting off now. Fortunately, it's not raining outside. Hopefully, the uh, good weather will last. It's looking a little bit gloomy, which is never a good thing when I'm racing through Taipei on my scooter trying to buy food for Feast Meets West. So, the first stop today is to get something with green beans in it. Um, I have a neat idea, but let's uh, get there first. I'm trying to get there as soon as the restaurant opens for the lunch service. I wanna get there before the crowds are too big. That way we don't have to wait too long in line. Actually, the added benefit of doing this show like this today is you get to see how I race around Taipei, a little bit of a behind the scenes look at uh, how we do our show. It's my scooter starting up there. So I'm gonna turn this off for now. Um, catch up with you once we get to the restaurant. It's about five minutes away. Okay, so... My first stop is to get the green beans. Green bean casserole, of course, is an important part of many people's Thanksgiving Day celebrations. Uh, it was invented back in 1955 by a woman named Dorcas Riley, who actually passed away in October of this year uh, at the age of 92. She invented it at the Campbell's Soup Kitchen. It was an easy way for households, uh, usually moms, to uh, throw together a dish with things that were already in the pantry. So it incorporates green beans and uh, cream of mushroom soup and some fried onions on top and even a little bit of soy sauce, you might be surprised to know. So I've also chosen a bean dish, which is from Sichuan. It's called Gambia Sijito. It's a, uh, a uh, green bean, uh, which has been dry fried. Uh, it's actually been deep fried, which is fine by me. It's a little bit healthier. Um, they're just opening. In fact, she was just uh, uh, washing off the uh, the windows and the, the tables. Uh, I'm the first customer today, so we're off to a good start. Oh, so 
谢。好，拜拜。All right, so that was、uh, about five U.S. dollars. They、uh, quickly stir fry it with ground pork and some green onions, oil, garlic. It's kind of a simplified version of the gambian sushi that we usually get at、uh, Sichuan restaurants. But the good news is that it's much quicker and easier, and I didn't have to wait as long. So we're off to our next destination, and for our next destination, I'm going to go for something、uh, salad-like. This year,、uh, the FDA in the U.S. is telling people not to use their romaine lettuce, to telling them to throw it away because it could be contaminated. Well, we tell you don't throw it away. You should cook it. I know it's a little strange to cook romaine lettuce, but that's what we do here in Taiwan. And so I'm going to go find a place that's going to cook up some romaine lettuce. Okay, I'm stopped at a red light. I shouldn't be recording, but I have a moment, and nobody's looking.、Uh, actually, probably a lot of people are staring because this is very strange. But I actually forgot to mention I did bring a couple things from home. I brought、um, a nice plate to plate this up,、um, some cutlery, a wine glass, just in case I found a Thanksgiving-related drink,、uh, and also I brought a little pat of butter just in case I find some、uh, mashed potato, and、uh, also I brought some.、Uh, Um, roselle flowers. Now, roselle flowers are from southeastern Taiwan.、Uh, often, Aborigines will use them in their cuisine.、Um, they're grown often in Aboriginal areas of Taiwan, I should say,、uh, and they're sweet, tart, red, and kind of like a berry. So that's going to be our cranberry today. Oh, I gotta go. So the awkward thing about ordering romaine lettuce in Taipei is that most people call it Da Lu Mei, which means "girl from mainland China."、Um, now, not sure why they call it that, but、uh, a lot of the women who come to Taiwan from China take offense to it.、Uh, it's kind of a pejorative term.、Uh, so, what's interesting is this restaurant where I just ordered it. They just call it Dalu, which means mainland China. They don't <laughs> add the Mei on the end, which means、uh, woman or young girl,、uh, little sister.、Uh, somehow that seems less offensive, and everybody still knows what they're talking about. So I'm getting a romaine lettuce. They're going to stir fry it quickly, and they're going to put a little bit of、uh, thick, viscous black soy sauce, which goes on top, to add to the saltiness. Oh, and another phone call. Who could this be? Is this Ellen Chu calling me? It is. Hello. Hello. Hey, yeah.、Uh, what's going on? Sorry, I'm. Ah, we're twelve o'clock, okay? Okay. All right. I'll see you then. Thanks, Alan. All right. Bye, bye. I was getting confusing. The guy from the restaurant was asking me what I ordered at the same time. Hey, 谢谢多少三十块三十块好。帮我拿吗？<笑> OK， 好，谢谢，好，拜拜。OK， so that was Ellen Chu calling. Told her I was going to be there a little bit later than expected. It's taking me a little bit longer.、Um, and I just got my romaine lettuce stir fried. 
Um, something you can do in the States if uh, the FDA has told you to throw yours away, maybe you can just cook it and that will kill off the E. coli. And that cost me $1 US. And we're uh, off to our next destination. I'm gonna go to a local bakery and see if I can find something that's kind of like a pie. Maybe a pumpkin pie. Nah, that's not gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea why, but they're playing some kind of country music in that bakery. So I managed to find these little tarts. They make nut tarts, which is kind of a strange thing. I've never seen them anywhere else, really. But they, um, I found ones with pecans in them. Can you believe it? Pecans! Hu Tao, we call them in uh, Chinese. Uh, and they have raisins as well, which is kind of strange. But, um, you know, we're doing a non-traditional very Taipei Thanksgiving feast, so. All right, the next part, the next thing we're going for is making me a little bit nervous. We need to find roast turkey. I don't think we're gonna find turkey. So, uh, actually a lot of times the uh, shredded chicken they use is made from turkey, but they very rarely roast turkey. And I think an important part of Thanksgiving is it needs to be roasted, right? You feeling me? Okay, so we're gonna go look for roast turkey and see what we can find. Okay, so I have found a Thai flavored grilled chicken. They're calling it um, charcoal chicken, but it's kind of a roast chicken. It uh, has Thai spices. It's very fitting. It's, you know, we've got a little bit something Aboriginal, something uh, from mainland China via Sichuan beans. And now we're getting something uh, from Thailand, from Southeast Asia, a reflection of the high migrant worker and Southeast Asian population. More than 700,000 uh, people here in Taiwan, migrant workers in Taiwan. Uh, so that's a reflection of that. Nice uh, to have on our Thanksgiving table as well. Okay, so I also have a sauce. I was looking for gravy, but um, this chicken actually comes with a Thai sauce, which she says was um, sour and spicy. I'm guessing probably a little sweet as well. Uh, and a little bit of saltiness from the soy sauce. So, uh, all, all around a good sauce, I think. All right, what do we have left? Let me just look at our menu. Oh, I need potatoes. Holy cow, I need potatoes. Okay, um, anything else? Oh, I need a drink. So the main things are mashed potatoes and a drink. And if possible, stuffing. If not, we'll use the rice. Okay, we have 26 minutes to go before Ellen Chu uh, arrives back at the studio at Radio Tower International, and um, I am about 15 minutes away on a scooter, but I still have two more items to get. Now, I've just pulled up in front of a shop that uh, has a huge sign that says, roasted sweet potatoes, kao di gua. They cook them in this big barrel, and uh, oh, they taste wonderful. They're, they're just amazing. 
Um, and the uh, women who sell them are largely from Vietnam. So another nod to the new immigrant community here in Taiwan for this very Taiwanese Thanksgiving. Looks beautiful. It smells even more amazing. Nice and sweet and roasted. It has that kind of like charcoal smell to it. So this one's going to go into my hot bag. Alright, let's fire up our scooter. One last stop. Let's see if we can make it on time. Okay, they do have red wine here, but because Ellen and I both have to drive, I've chosen instead a Japanese grapefruit uh, flavored sparkling cocktail. So it does have a little bit of alcohol, but it also has a nice grapefruit taste. Just yet. It also is a little bit of a harken back to the uh, Japanese period in Taiwan. They were here from 1895 to 1945, so about 50 years. Um, and their, I guess their time here in Taiwan is still prevalent to this day. I've also selected a corn soup, which they've heated up for me at the counter in the microwave. I hope I don't regret that. I got my corn, but <laughs> hopefully it won't, won't be as sweet and kind of goopy as I remember it being. We'll find out. Alright, let's see. Let's look at the time and see how much time we have left. Oh, there's a plane landing. We're right near the uh, Taipei Airport, the Songshan Airport. We've got five minutes to go and we are just under five minutes away. So it's a race to the finish line. Let's go. Third course. Okay, Ellen Chu. All right, he has his plates. Yep. And my sparkling gym roll. I have uh, I've made a I've poured a glass of what looks like champagne, mm -hmm. and it is a sparkling yuzu mm -hmm. juice from Japan, and it has grapefruit in there. It looks a little bit like champagne, right? It does, or white wine, sparkling white wine. Okay. So I've got my plate out. I've got some. Um, do you want to smell this and guess what it is? Let me smell. Mm. This is our stand-in for cranberry. It has plum cell. It's not plum. Those are roselle flowers. It's a jam. Yep. It's a jam made by nice. my godmother Beautiful. from Taidong. Beautiful. She's got the Aboriginal okay. little feel there. Oh, that can replace cranberry. I totally forgot. Oh my goodness, Ellen Chu. A bientong. I have to tell you, we have here. A bento. It is Thai roasted chicken leg. Ooh. So I'm going to put this whole thing on there. Yes. And I just noticed, I didn't know this until this very moment. Mm -hmm. They put pumpkin in our biandang, in <gasps> our little lunchbox. Oh, wow. I didn't think you had pumpkin. <laughs> so we do have something. We do. We've got the pumpkin. See? I can't believe it. The I'm... bento store is <laughs> celebrating Thanksgiving. That is totally unplanned. Oh. Oh, we're winning already, Ellen Chu, I okay. think. Okay. Okay, we're going to put rice. a little bit of rice on there. Mmm. In Mr. place Andrew of stuffing. Andrew Ryan and his presentation. Just need a perfect. <laughs> Nothing less of perfection for you. Okay. Oh, we also need corn. 
I did get you corn, Ellen Chu. Good. Just hold your horses. Okay. We've got gambian sujido. Oh, okay. So that's beans. Looking good. All right, we have a sweet potato. Oh. I went to like six or seven different places. Okay. Are you impressed? I am very impressed. This is a huge plate. Oh, pecan pie. I found you mini pecan pie. So cute. Can you open that? Sure. <laughs> oh. Corn chowder. Perfect. Okay. The other thing I couldn't find was gravy, but the Thai mm -hmm. roasted chicken place gave me a little bag of sauce. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe we could... Um, Try it. We could maybe drizzle that on top. Mm-hmm. Is that everything? Oh. What? Tidy walla. Our romaine salad. <laughs> romaine salad? But with cooked. Okay. Stir fried. We'll just put a little bit of it on the I plate. I was saying, you're gonna give me E. coli? No E. coli, baby. Okay. Okay, Ellen Chu. Alrighty. Dig into your Thanksgiving feast. Okay, I'm gonna try the chicken. He's going in on the chicken. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Very nice. I'm gonna try the Roselle with the chicken. Is that weird? Let me try it. It tastes like cranberry. <laughs> it smelled like cranberry. Right. Mm -hmm. mm. That's so unusual. Like, I totally did not expect it to have the cranberry taste or smell. I thought it was just going to look nice and be tart. But it does have it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh, the pumpkin's really good, too. Did you try the pumpkin? Okay. It doesn't taste like I expected it to taste at all. Let me try the sweet potato. Try the sweet potato. I'm going to try the beans. Mmm. Sweet potato with butter is really good. It's a creamy taste. You know what's really interesting is, is that even though all these ingredients have a, a slightly kind of Asian feel to mm -hmm. them, or like slightly Taiwanese it feel to Western. them. It tastes Western, right? right? There's something about the hardiness of all of the elements. Like the fact that the chicken is roasted... And the fact that the um, the potato is nice and full mm -hmm. and flavorful and has the butter in it. Right. Like there's something very... Just one touch of ingredient. It could change the whole thing. And, it, and it, it's a very evocative of Thanksgiving, just having these things paired together, mm. right? Interesting. Wow. I wouldn't say it would be exactly like Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think I would accept this as a Thanksgiving Day meal. So if you came to my house in Taiwan and I like served up the same things, you'd be like, that's kind of okay? It's perfect. Oh, Ellen Chu. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm like feeling a little bit verklempt. Really? <laughs> hey, the pumpkin's good. We've never done like a proper Thanksgiving together with all of the elements mm -hmm. and we managed to find a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I would like would be the stuffing maybe. Okay. But I feel like the rice can stand in, right? I think so. I mean... It's not authentic, but... Mm-hmm. So that's our very first, like, almost authentic Thanksgiving meal with uh, all the fixings. Have some wine. Oh, I've, I've got some here. Because I'm driving later. I am too, but okay. I'll, I'll wait longer. Yes. Mmm. Cheers, Ellen Chu. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to all, okay? And if you'd like to see a picture of this meal... Uh, you can go to english.rti.org.tw 
look for Feast Meets West. We'll have a nice picture of that up yes, on our page for and you. Definitely on this special day. Feel grateful, okay? No matter what kind of like dishes you're having, you know, it's just grateful for being with your family, your friends, mm-hmm. and the people that you care about. Having a roof over your head and some warm food in your belly. Yes, definitely. All right, one okay. final song for you. It's by Fang Da Tong. All right. And it's called Xiao Fang. For Peace Peace House, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. See, See you next, next week. week. Bye. For listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.